0: Everybody, it's Matt, and this is Lucas. And this is um, anything's possible. Slash thanks for playing. We're about five, six episodes into this, and we still have not worked out a proper intro. That is okay. You know, one step at a time. We are learning. <laughs> um, yeah. It's um. What a what a week. Yeah. Let's um. Cool. I want to backtrack a little bit. December 9th, Lucas. What happened? Say that again? December 9th. Oh, please. December 9th. Yeah. What happened? Uh, and actually, for some people, December 10th. Break it down. Six days
1: me. ago. Uh, we are recording this as of December 15th, so it hasn't even been a week since um, you know, a very painful night came on upon many um, many, a ga- many a gamer in the world. <laughs> <laughs> uh, one of those gamers being uh, me, Lucas. Um, the release of the most anticipated video game of the year, uh, CD Project Red's cyberpunk 2077 a game that has been anticipated for about seven years now um was meant to be released earlier in the year uh, around springtime got delayed 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 had a crunch time we've talked about it on this podcast before i don't think there is a single person in the video game world that wasn't aware of the anticipation and the delays um following the anticipation behind this video game um, the video game was released for um, all the base consoles so you know xbox PlayStation Xbox One, PlayStation Four, the Pro versions of the of both those consoles, as well as PS Five and Xbox. Uh, so, well, actually, not technically, not technically released for them. Those have not been released. No, yet. not technically those released. for those still in development. But the ability to play on those consoles. Yeah, yeah, ability. exactly. Which you know, um, those newer consoles obviously have a lot more power behind them, so that um, you know those games can, that game can function a lot better. Um, the game was very, it's <laughs> very buggy and suboptimal to play on the base last-gen consoles, that is Xbox One and PS4. Dude,
0: it's it's insane. You were getting like, what, 15 frames a second, something like the that?
1: The Xbox One, when you're driving through the city on Cyberpunk 2077, the Xbox One gets 15 frames per second. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh God. Uh, it's so funny too because like you were you were text like i'm i'm playing on a pc everyone and um i'm not i'm like running everything on low and i had to like find like um, a google doc that had like the best settings and edit some settings on my graphics card too without it renders things to get it to run well but i'm able to at least run smoothly the game with a solid i think i've dipped below 30 fps once you know it doesn't look phenomenal but at least play smooth which is what i care about i'm thinking oh this is fine i'm sure lucas is overreacting and then like i I look up just some footage from an xbox one (laughs) it's like nothing's rendered in the city like frames are very very blatantly skipping and it it looks like an unfinished video game quite frankly
1: yeah it looks like a playstation one game uh like it's crazy it looks, at certain points it, yeah 100%. it looks so bad and um you know matt and i just so so everybody knows matt and i are playing this game for the podcast um we're giving ourselves plenty of time to play it so um hopefully have the recording of that out in about a month or so um but i mean i was really looking forward to playing this game you know and matt came to me and told me <laughs> hey cyberpunk 2077 let's do it for the pod it's very relevant super big most anticipated game of the year Kyonu reeves baby Converge on the Jewels. Some original music. <laughs> this this <laughs> game is dope. And I I was so disappointed. It's very, very difficult for me to play. Um, and I'm one of those people who a couple days ago um, refunded his version on uh, Xbox One. And I'm now playing on Google Stadia. Um, <laughs> and it's pretty sick. <laughs> it's it's
0: <laughs> great. Um, yeah, dude. I mean, you're, pro- you're probably able to play on like even much higher graphical settings than I am now, which is sick. And your latency isn't that bad, right? My latency
1: is not bad. Um, you know the game runs at the motion. I feel like it. It it needs to run at to function. Um, it's definitely above thirty. Um, all the time. Um, probably not hitting quite sixty. Um, but you know the game still looks great. Um, let no latency issues. I do have good hardwired internet, just so everybody knows. But I mean, I got Google Stadia, uh, three month free trial for those of you that want to do it and $10 off your first game. So I got this for $50, and you don't even have to download anything because that's how Google Stadia works. So that's within so five annoying. minutes of making the decision to play it on Google Stadia, I was playing it on Google Stadia. <laughs> Pretty <laughs> insane,
0: <laughs> actually. I'm, re- I'm really excited to follow your journey in this game because I've always been so skeptical of Google Stadia myself, namely because of the internet mm-hmm. issues. Um, so. So I'm curious to see if you have any issues going forward, and if anything that persists or not, or if anything that does start to persist. And it's interesting too, because like, it's like, is it even accessible Google State to everyone? Though you know, like, for example, like, yeah, you live in LA and you're gonna have at the very least decent internet, uh, whereas like, is someone in. No, no um, shots fired here. Just an example, like Alaska or like Kentucky or maybe like some small, like Midwestern town, like they're probably not going to have the best internet. So would this be accessible for them or are they left to suffer on their base Xbox One type of thing? Yeah, that's
1: that's interesting argument. You know, I think that's what holds a lot of people off from from jumping on Stadia, because I do think that it's a really solid gaming platform. I've always been interested in trying it um, and doing it uh since it was announced but i think what's interesting is you you as a gamer can pick and choose where your ability lies right so for me um i have an xbox one and have i have a pretty underpowered pc um so stadia was the clear choice for what i can do right now um you know
0: i've seen a lot of outlets praising it too to be honest which is yeah
1: yeah i honestly i think stadia is kind of a savior for people um anybody that wants to play the game that has an underpowered pc can play should play it on google stadia i mean there's no reason you shouldn't i think that hardwired in fast internet is easier to come by for many people than you know three thousand dollars of pc components for a really okay. high-end pc that would run the game
0: okay. and so so you're hardwired ethernet right? yeah
1: i'm hardwired ethernet um and, yeah, okay exactly
0: would you recommend this for someone that isn't able to be hardwired
1: i don't know because I, I don't have the i haven't experienced it like on wi-fi only per se um you
0: should try that out that'd be a good test
1: yeah that would be a pretty good test i I agree but if yeah i mean it's it's you either have really high powered computer components mm-hmm. and a good graphics card on your pc and you play it on that or you have really great internet and if you have really great internet then you just go with google stadia and i think it'll work out
0: yeah yeah that's exciting i am I definitely want to give it a try just to see how it works going forward yeah um and just because I, w- I would love to play cyberpunk with like better settings personally i mean i'm in i'm very much enjoying the game but i I just know and just like footage i've seen it could look so much prettier and so much better um so i'd be curious to maybe try that out in the future or i've also been debating upgrading my pc getting a new graphics card um but i'm not sure if that's the right color just like spending that money on a ps5 or something whenever they're available um i want to backtrack a little bit though just going back to like cyberpunk in general you gotta you just know there were some devs out there, like when that game was released, or like weeks before the game was released, talking to like the VP of sales or something, like some high up guy. It's like revenue, revenue, and you know those devs were screaming, "Don't you do it? <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't you fucking release the game?" He was like, <laughs>
1: no, to "The VP of, you, the no, VP of sales no. walks in, guys, <laughs> revenue, Q4 earnings, bottom line." Are you, am, I, am I speaking your language? <laughs> the devs are like, "No, sir, you are not speaking my language."
0: <laughs> I just feel bad because you know, if they had longer, probably the I'm sure they could have figured it out to at least make it playable on uh, an I don't Xbox One, like where you can the graphics are loaded up to where it's not dropping like to 15 frames, which is ridiculous. I just, I, I would have loved to be a fly on the wall in the dev room, just being like it's it's like the the worker man versus like the bourgeoisie it's just <laughs> the like, corpo versus the corp the it's the corpo versus the the street kids just i was oh my god i just feel so bad because when people are going to probably throw shade at them when i guarantee you it's not there it was fault. pressure it's just yeah hundred 100 it was pressure yeah. so that is unfortunate yeah Um, you know
1: the the tough part about about having the game released in this fashion too is like you know it it creates like a lot of mistrust for a lot of gaming you know gamer base and a lot of people won't be in the position that i'm in where you know they they have stadia they have stable internet and the ability to kind of play on their computer um so i you know i really sympathize with those people because i've definitely been in positions where i wasn't able to play the game to its full potential and i think that's what a That's what millions and millions of gamers are going to have to go through is, we're going to play this game, it's not going to be its full potential, and CD Projekt Red's going to get, you know, un you know, not, they're going to get well-earned, you know, flack for this, unfortunately. And the thing, too, is, uh, and this is something that I, I just want to bring up real quick.
0: I mean, because they were straight up hiding it. Like, they just weren't showing console yeah. <laughs> versions in the previews. They weren't. It, it's it's insane. Yeah, yeah, just so
1: people know, too, just kind of the, um, the PR around uh, Cyberpunk 2077 was, you know, the IGN review is the PC version of the game running at very good uh, graphical settings.
0: On like a RTX 3080, like the highest possible, yeah, basically. Exactly.
1: And and uh, CD Projekt Red was not releasing any footage on the base consoles. They knew that they would get uh, crap for the way the game looked on Xbox One and PS4. So they were very, very diligent to make sure that the footage of the game did not come out for those base consoles, which have the highest install base of, you know, there's more PS4 and Xbox One owners than there are PS5. And Xbox Series X. So it's like, you know, and and they do say that I think uh, many, many of the um, orders for Cyberpunk were PC pre-orders. So there are quite a bit of PC players, but who knows how many of those PC players are really experiencing, you know, high quality experience.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm able to, you know, play it comfortably and enjoy it, but like that's definitely not where graphically it was promised that. Granted, I have a 10 to 60 NVIDIA GeForce card, so little slightly not even that far behind like three years maybe yeah. four years um which is kind of insane but i don't know it's weird um it's interesting too because there's a lot of talk about maybe they should have only released it on pc and then delayed the consoles which would have been really interesting i think, I think so um i think that they would have got a shit ton of flack for it but it was probably the right thing to do it totally would have <laughs> been the right thing to do i mean so. if they were transparent and they said hey
1: PC versions ready to go looks great here's our required here's a recommended graphical settings and your graphics card you should have and by the way it just doesn't look it's just not working on Xbox One and PS4 you want and we yeah. don't want to release a broken MD if they had been that transparent they wouldn't have had to backpedal you know the, yeah. the problem is and, and this was brought up on a recent episode of um, IGN Game Scoop Justin Davis pointed this out you really get the worst of both worlds where you're developing a game that has to run on a last gen console, PS4 and Xbox One. Um, so you can't take full advantage of the new console hardware. Uh, so it's right, just yeah. it's just this weird middle ground. It's a weird spot to yeah, be in. Yeah, it's too. it's a really hard spot to be in. But you know, um, it just leads to a bad
0: player experience for Lucas. That's that's what we care about the most. <laughs> But, um, but, uh, but daddy, daddy, Google has come. Google, in to, Yeah. To, to <laughs> I, you know I didn't want to
1: say for those people that don't know what Google Stadia is. I just wanted to explain what it was. So that aren't <laughs> too lost. Uh, if, if we haven't lost you already, but, uh, Google Stadia is Google's gaming platform. Um, and what it is, is game streaming, which I now believe is going to be the future of gaming, uh, Google Stadia Um, You could use it on any Chrome-enabled device. So I'm using my MacBook, actually. It's pretty funny. Um, Basically, what you're doing is you're connecting to Google servers, which are running your game, streaming, live streaming the game back to you and registering your inputs. So you didn't download anything. You're literally connecting to a save file and a game that's streaming for you. And then you're just kind of like interacting with that stream in a way.
0: I'd be curious to know where they have all like this... You know, servers and stuff. Located. At, a, cor- at a corpo, bro, somewhere. <laughs> at a corpo, yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah, I mean, it's it's a shame. It's a game that's not really you know accessible for a lot of people right now, which is it just it sucks. Especially with how much hype is building up for, it and how many times it was delayed. And we talked about some last things possible, like like what if yeah. The, yeah. And, then, uh, and then you were just, and Justin were like oh it's fucked i'm like then i was like nah we're good no don't worry don't don't mind. uh shout out to anyone who watches IQ. but um yeah man it sucks um and i know i know you wanted to touch base on accessibility a little bit and i think there's two angles you want to touch on i think you wanted to look at it just from the sense of our games getting less accessible just in general to the General population because they're requiring more and more high end machines. Am I, am I am I right there, Mister Mister Yeah, Lucas?
1: Um, pretty much. I mean, in combination with iterative console generations, which is what we have now, where there's mm-hmm. no like definitive end to a console generation, we just get incremental upgrades. Combined with you know an instance where we have this giant game that we can't run, I think those are really interesting uh, accessibility conversations.
0: Yeah, I mean, like. I think this is such an interesting turning point because, I mean, I'm sure there's probably for the next year, maybe year and a half, because, I mean, the Xbox One and PS4 are still good consoles, you know, and it's definitely been proven that you can play very beautiful games on it, like God of War or Red Dead. Um, you know, uh, Red Dead 2. Um, which is a huge game by, you know, probably comparable yeah. to, maybe not as, as, to be fair, maybe not as densely populated, like a city. Because, you know, it's like the Wild West or whatever, it's not like a city. So to be fair, not as densely populated, but a huge game nonetheless, you know, Grand Left Auto, games like that, that can run very well on these um, Gen 4 consoles. So I'm wondering if people are going to be expecting these to be released in the future on those consoles as well, since they're still pretty high-end, all things considered. So... And then if maybe we run into anything like this again, where the game's not as good on uh, on a PS4 as it is on a PS5, granted the expectations will probably be tampered in the future because it's not really going to. There won't be that <laughs> I, many more games that. that are released in this weird, you know, window. Yeah. But I don't know. It's it's an interesting look at the future. That like, do you have to have these stupidly high end machines that are hard for people to get just to play the newest video games? Like, yeah, I don't know. It's it's and especially like with all the scalpers right now, like it's basically impossible to get a PS5 or Xbox Series. Yeah. X or S that are without paying like a stupid amount of money. Yeah, I
1: know. So it's just,
0: I think the the
1: weird thing though, about this specific instance with cyberpunk is this was supposed to come out in springtime before PS five and Xbox series S or X came out. So this was going to be the way the game was going to look, and this was even before the new graphics cards were released. Yeah, that, that blows my mind. More. Yeah. yeah, I mean this was and even what's the newest graphics card series that came out um, that they rated the the video like RTX. Yeah, 3. that that didn't come out. I mean th- that wouldn't have been played on that. The game would not have been played on that if the game had been released in this. Project. Yeah. So it's almost as if CD Projekt Red delays the game intentionally to wait for more powerful hardware to drop.
0: <laughs> until there's something like this is it. yeah dude this is my big
1: <laughs> conspiracy theory i am you know i'm full in on it i think it's true <laughs> it's just it's it's really messed up if this game had dropped in spring it would have gotten a five out of ten it would or a zero out of ten and they just would have labeled it as unplayable but because it got to wait a little bit longer in this weird iterative generation <laughs> it gets a little bit of a pass but it still gets a lot of crap
0: yeah, yeah. It's kind of funny, too. I remember you messaged me that, and then when I fired up my copy for the first time, um, when you fire it up, there's, like, a little label that says NVIDIA, like, I was on, like, one of, like, the sponsorship or partnership yeah. things, I was like, oh, shit. they just, just using this to <laughs> sell NVIDIA cards, dude. <laughs> yeah, man. And then that kind of, like, so, I mean, that accessibility for the future could be fucked. Who yeah. knows. What do you think about the current state of accessibility for like just gamers with some form of either motor disability or like ocular just a general disability like ocular um you know maybe audio deaf or something like that yeah uh but it- i
1: um sorry to interrupt um i i follow a youtube channel i think everyone should check out called game makers toolkit um they just released or he just released his uh 2020 gamer accessibility video i think it's really great very compelling um everyone should go check it out and it's been a great year for game accessibility for people with disabilities, um, both motor and like visual impairments. Um, a lot of great games have introduced like colorblind modes, for instance. And basically every single game has button remapping, which is a very big deal. Including Nintendo, which didn't have it at first, but they've now started to do button remapping, full, you know, hardware level, uh, switch level button remapping, which I think is really great. Um, and you know, it's interesting because I think. Uh, part of like what designers have always had to think about was, you know, how it feels to play the game. Like Matt, I, I want to just bring it up. You know, we we played a lot of melee, uh, you know, yeah. we, played a, we, me and Matt used to play competitive super smash brothers, melee and project M in college. And it would have been very different if you can remap buttons, which you were able to do in project M, which is interesting. But if you could remap buttons in melee, it would have been a completely different game. And I think like for certain things, it just becomes a really interesting, like purist, traditionalist versus like accessibility conversation, um, which we don't want. I don't want to go too down the rabbit hole with that kind of thing. But <laughs> um, you know, this is a great era in gaming where we have the ability to to button remap constantly or introduce a colorblind mode.
0: Um, it it's kind out. of crazy though, because some some games that's still not a totally accessible feature. I was actually watching a, and this is the reason I was late to the recording. <laughs> I was watching a video on just. I mean, I just YouTubed really quickly, you know, accessibility in video games. And I was watching one, I, I apologize, I forget the user, but the video title is Accessibility in Video Games in 2020. And he, he pointed out that most of the games this year that didn't have good accessibility were actually from, like, Japanese companies. Um, so, for example, like, um, Dragon Ball Z Kakarot came out, which was a pretty well-received Dragon Ball We might Ball have game, watched the same video. but <laughs> Yeah, but it didn't have some... <laughs> it didn't have... Um, like button mapping and they were, uh, he had like a few other examples. I, that's just like, I don't remember right now, but they were the, the main, like the notable games that didn't have, you know, a lot of accessibility features were the ones that did come out of Japan. So I'm almost wondering if maybe that's like their conservative, like thing shining I mean, through, which is, it weird. could be like the purist um, mentality shining through where like, th- like everything's kind of wrapped up. This is up. how it's meant to be done and meant to be played. And like, you can't, yeah. Like, um, yeah, I can see that. I mean, like very by the book. Even
1: Nintendo was late to the game on button remapping
0: compared relatively to, yeah, to everybody were. else. But so I guess Sony's kind of had it longer. I think that's because I don't want to get too far to this, but and, and I think that's because like a lot of those like more Japanese companies probably a it more old, old school and conservative and their like business approaches as well. Like I had a short stint where I interned for Sony, um, Sony Electronics. And like that was just like cut through like baby boomer style office, you know, like very, very traditional, very conservative office style and stuff like that. So it's interesting. I think that maybe some of that kind of bleeds into their video games as well. I'm not saying maybe that's the reason, or maybe they're just slowed to pick up the new things or whatever. And again, I'm just naming like a couple games today that you know don't have great accessibility. I'm sure there's also a handful of other. Japanese games that do have phenomenal accessibility. You know, just kind of, just uh, is an interesting thing to look at and think about. And it really is crazy. Like up to, I read this in an article, but like uh, as many as forty six million gamers in the U.S. have disabilities, and like as many as ten percent of them are you know colorblind. Um, Believe it. So it's just like, it's it's crazy to think that it affects that many people. But then it's also awesome to think just how much stuff is going uh forward and to trying to help those people better enjoy the games and stuff like that's that really like i was and if we did watch the same video then you'll know this but like <laughs> there was a guy that uh, apparently lost of us 2 has a phenomenal accessibility mode and this guy was able a blind guy was able to play the game through fully and he's blind that's awesome because it just it has like visual and audio cues and walks him through it basically which is incredible <laughs> um and then Things like Spider Man, Miles Morales, and a couple other games had this as well. Where if you're like severely colorblind, it'll basically like do crazy contrast to where it's very easy for you to pick certain enemies and stuff like that. So it's really exciting, honestly, because I think that that's been something that's probably really neglected in gamers for a while. Like the closest thing we had to a like a controller for someone with like motor disabilities for a while was in the '80s um, Nintendo for the NES. They had like a hands free controller which you'd wear like a like a mount on your front um on your chest and then you would like blow into it and move it with your oh, like, stuff but it but it wasn't even commercially available you had to like call and ask for it and apparently it was ridiculously expensive as anyways yeah. it's probably not you know realistic for a lot of people but then now you have stuff like the xbox uh i think it's called the xbox adaptability controller excuse me if i'm wrong there but uh where you can just like map basically anything to this really just uh flexible controller and things like yeah. that so definitely a lot of things going in the right direction in the future so i'm I'm excited for more people to get to enjoy the medium i yeah. guess is what i'm getting
1: yeah at. and i think um you know if you're to any developers out there listening to this is you know if you want your game to be enjoyed by a, a huge audience and be extremely widespread you have to hit both of the things that matt and i kind of mentioned here which is like you can play Fortnite on your phone. You can play Fortnite on Switch, and you can play Fortnite on PS5 and PC. So it's accessible to every hardware level. But it also has like a colorblind, a colorblind mode, you know, and like uh, you know button remapping.
0: Those things are really important. And and even things as simple as like you know very clearly legible uh, subtitles, like that's so know, important yeah. too. Cause so many games will have like these little shit, tiny ass subtitles. It's just like, this, this isn't working for me, yeah. you know, and things like that. There, so. There's two options to go ahead. Sorry. No, there's
1: two instances I do want to bring up with accessibility that I think is where the conversation gets very interesting. Um, which is like, take something. and I know this was mentioned in the, in the video, I might've been mentioning that one. It might, it could have been another one, but take something like left for dead, right? Mm-hmm. You basically can play the game on easy mode if you have subtitles on. Because it'll tell you, it'll just say boomer noise. It'll just say like that's true. Noise. Yeah. So you don't have to get audio cues when something goes on, like when there's a, a special enemy nearby. You just get told that the enemy's nearby, which adds a, li- a little bit of a different layer. Um, it doesn't necessarily make the game. I guess. I guess it makes it a little bit easier to play. Um, but just, and even if you're not if you're not deaf or you don't have trouble hearing, you just get an easier mode to the game. The second thing is, and I want to just kind of bring it back to the melee conversation too, Matt is, you know, a, f- a few years ago, they developed a melee Controller called the box, which was the you know, which was an accessibility issue where certain players with wrist problems or carpal tunnel were able to play melee again without (laughs) using a GameCube controller, which is notoriously
0: bad for your fingers and wrists. I'm sorry, I'm laughing not at the prospect of people having wrist pain, but I was just thinking about how for those. for those that don't know hax is this really infamous um not, uh, infamous but famous just in generally famous smash player uh really notorious he was a falcon player Captain falcon player originally then moved to fox and he was very well known and for being just extremely technical like like fox is a, already you know a very high high speed character a lot of inputs per second maybe up to like seven or eight per second hacks was probably pushing that to like maybe you know, 11 12 at certain <laughs> points like extremely extremely technical you know trying to use the character to its fullest extent and he eventually couldn't play because of some wrist pains and things like that that probably uh were you know definitely i would imagine maybe it's genetic maybe it's something but were definitely escalated probably by a lot of playing smash um and basically just so he could play this game again he basically built his own controller which is yeah awesome. yeah i'm just um it's just such a sick comeback story and then he started out like he wasn't that good at first with it. Like he had very okay placements and then he was making top baits again. Yeah. So side note, hacks is fucking Yeah. Yeah. Like, hacks but, fucking but money. That that controller
1: was opposed by a lot, uh, like a, a loud local, a vocal a minority in the community where they were like, no, this is not using, this isn't a GameCube <laughs> it. controller. It's basically a fight stick. Like you might see at like a Tekken yeah. tournament or like, a
0: which course. is stupid because you're basically like saying no to accessibility at that point, which pisses me off. Well, it's period. It's, it's it's like a no. We play the game this way, so you have
1: to play it this way.
0: Yeah, yeah. there's. I just remember seeing Leffen's like angry tweets about it, saying like, "Oh, it's so dumb. You can get so many Firefox angles." Like, shut the <laughs> fuck up. Let the man play. Yeah,
1: and it's like, hey, man, if you think the, if you think the box is OP, then go ahead and relearn the entire game using the
0: box. Like, Seriously, yeah, it's it. insane. Yeah, you know, Lucas, you uh, you, you mentioned something that I think is kind of an interesting conversation as well. Um, you mentioned, like, oh, I was doing, uh, like, having subtitles in Left 4 Dead does that make the game easy mode. Do you think games in general should have the option for an easy mode to make, like, to make them more accessible? For example, a Souls game or, like, Sekiro.
1: So I think it depends on the game and the intention of the developer. They actually debated putting in an easy mode in the new remake of, uh, I think it's... Dark souls or demon souls which whichever one got remade Uh, they they debated demon souls they debated putting in an easy mode for the game but they felt like it would actually go against the spirit of the game to to create an easy mode for it you know the mario games have an easy mode you can like call in luigi and he jumps higher and he like floats for longer and he's he's easier to play um so for if you're nintendo you know uh and you're you're playing a nintendo game a newer nintendo game at least the easy mode makes sense but if you're playing a dark souls it's like wanting it to be easy goes against the spirit of the game. So I think it's a case by case basis to be honest.
0: But what if you have someone that genuinely for whatever reason, maybe they have some sort of mental handicap or something and where a demon souls game is just, is just too much for them or a dark souls game. It's just too difficult for them to get past on their own. Is that, is that f- fair at that point to them that like oh this is just isn't for you or
1: yeah I don't know that's a complicated debate I think I think maybe uh, certain people might say like hey that game's just not for you um, I'm not sure where I land on that one actually I might have to it's a weird yeah debate. it is a, that is a weird debate I would say probably... I think I land I land
0: in the camp of easy because... <laughs> that game's I land in the camp of that <laughs> game is probably not for me because I wouldn't be able to beat those games. I mean, I, mean yeah, I would never play Demon Souls game, but as someone who is a known user of of guides for video uh, games and um, an occasional exploiter of easy modes, <laughs> I just want to play the game and have fun sometimes, you know? Um, so I, I think that's a super interesting, um, de- just a general debate that it'll probably be interesting to see how that unfolds yeah. in the and, future.
1: And that, that's a whole other conversation we could have, really, and like, you know, the if you put an easy mode in there, you're going against the spirit and the intention of much of the design, kind of like rewind features with emulators with like on the switch for the NES and SNES games, um, which we'll have to get into in another episode. Um, Cause, it, cause that, that's a, that's a whole can of worms there, but yeah, um, for sure. Accessibility um, is, and has been an interesting debate, both from a, you know, gamer standpoint where, you know, you have visual or motor impairments um, and from a hardware standpoint, you know, this is the first time in gaming that we're seeing, you know, people cut off from certain things or are getting a worse experience due to this iterative console, uh, generation thing that we have going now, you know, it used to just be, Hey, buy a PS two and play this game. Uh, and you won't have to, you can't play it on PS one. You can't, you know, just get it for get that console. You get that game for that console and it's gonna run fine. And now we're running into these weird gray areas everywhere. Where you know the top post of a game on Reddit is like how to optimize your settings to make the game run well. That's a weird make it play. Yeah, well, that's yeah. a weird, it's, it's a weird time to be in for sure.
0: Weird, weird timeline. Yeah. <laughs> All right, man. Uh, I I saw another exciting uh, YouTube video today. Uh, IGN has released their Game of the Year Ooh. nominees. So at one, and this is in no particular order, um, at one we have Animal Crossing's <laughs> New Horizons. <laughs> Haven't played at two. We have Assassin's Creed Valhalla. At three, at three we have <laughs> Cyberpunk 2077, the PC, ver- it, it very yeah, PC version. Very specifically says okay, the yeah, PC version. Good thing they said that. Yeah, uh, Final Fantasy VII Remake. Okay. Ghost of Tsushima. Okay. Hades. Fuck yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Half Life. I think it's Alex. Oh Alex, yeah, the VR. Um, the yeah. VR one last of us part two okay. marvel's spider-man miles morales and microsoft flight simulator <laughs> i, really hope I, I, I love the fact the that that made it <laughs> To me too honestly no yeah that's great. i think that, that'd be a good way to cap off 2020 yeah. no that's
1: great um i i think those are all the usual suspects for the year for sure um honestly man i just realized we <laughs> i've i've played and beaten man about 15 games this year uh for the podcast and beyond, uh, and you know, it's it's been a, a big year of gaming for me. And we, you know, we'll, me and me and Matt are going to do our recap of all the games that we played throughout the year later. Um, but man, I didn't really get a chance to play all the current games this year. I didn't play Ghosts. Um, didn't get a chance to play, uh, you know, Half Life. Um, although I don't, I don't.
0: I mean, there's just so much to play. Yeah, there <laughs> is. You know, I'm playing Cyberpunk. There's so many I played many games. Hades.
1: Hades is great. I didn't play Animal Crossing. Hades is sick. Yeah,
0: a lot of these games, if
1: you see, if you see um These games all have huge time sinks, so I doubt there's anybody that played all these games to their fullest. Like it would have been crazy to play Animal Crossing to its fullest, and Ghost of Tsushima to its fullest, and Cyberpunk to its fullest. (laughs) Those are all like, you know, fifty minimum, fifty hour minimum games.
0: Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, it's uh, I'm I'm really interested to see who's gonna who's gonna take it. So. That'll be exciting. I think I'm on the same boat of view of what games I have and haven't played on that list, actually, because for for obvious reasons, you and I have been playing pretty much the same games the past six yeah. months. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, I just wanted to to bring that up. Um, who who's your? Do you have a game of the year yet? Uh,
1: games that I've played this year or games that came out this year? That would be game of the year. Uh,
0: we'll we'll do games that came out this year because uh, we we haven't. We we can maybe do that for our year recap games that we've played. I yeah, fun.
1: I I haven't played a lot of games that came out this year. This year, um, I think the only one I really did play was Hades, and holy shit, that game is incredible.
0: <laughs> uh, <laughs> the one
1: on there that that I know and love, um, and I've played quite a bit of. Um, and we're 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 in, we're we're going to do a Hades episode too, just for just so the audience knows. But yeah, that, that's I think the only one that's really sticking out to me there.
0: Yeah, mine's either Hades or uh, honestly, <laughs> I've had a lot of fun playing Valorant. So. Oh, it's Valorant on there? Uh, I mean, no, I'm just saying. In general, oh, did it come but... out? Did
1: it come out this year? Oh, God, it did. Yeah,
0: it's been a long. It came year. out in like I think April or May. Oh, wow. Right? Yeah. It's not healthy, yeah. bro. Dang. <laughs> <laughs> okay. uh, hey, but um, great news. Vaccine oh right yeah yeah uh or right around right on the corner i guess it's it's out now which is nutty yeah, um, dropped. we don't it dropped it um it, it released no no new patch notes yet on the vaccine <laughs> no hot fix? uh no no hot fixes yet i don't know hopefully it doesn't end up like i am legion but <laughs> i am um uh, vaccines vaccine safe and vaccines do not cause autism, so we'll leave it at yeah, that. <laughs> we're we're an
1: official vac, and I I'll go out on here, we're, uh, and you know, a-
0: hopefully not alienate anybody. But yeah, vaccines don't cause autism. We're a, we're a vac- <laughs> this is a this autism. is a pro vaccine podcast. Yeah, we are, we are. Uh, we're, we're not sponsored by Pfizer or Moderna or Johnson and Johnson. Uh, love to be, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure, they have oodles of money right now, but uh, yeah, it's a. Uh, we're 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 finishing up a dark year but i am excited me too for the prospect of what the second half of 2021 might bring i feel like 20 you know, we, we can't get stupid just because it's a new year but i'm excited for the future excited for more games yes
1: yeah, me too me too i think it's gonna be and, i think it's uh, gonna be a good year next year
0: i i think this is the the luke or the the year of uh of lucas and matt and uh thanks for playing i really do i agree I think I think 2021, Joe Rogan's gonna notice us. Um, <laughs> I think Elon's gonna tweet us out. Um, it's it's gonna get weird We're here, guys. Go public so. this year for
1: sure. are
0: <laughs> The the here here the IPO is happening in uh, July 2021. Or actually on April 20th. Excuse yeah. me. Uh, four twenty. <laughs> uh, daddy daddy Elon is gonna be offering us through his um. His back company that he has not yet. We're getting too far into this. Um, that's all we have today, folks. Um, as always, if you enjoyed the podcast, please feel free to leave a review, write a review, follow us on Spotify, leave a review on you know Apple Podcasts or whatever platform. Pod or er, podcast platform you prefer? Uh, that helps us. That helps us grow organically and helps us reach more wonderful viewers, such as yourself. And if you have any comments on what we talked about today, maybe you want to tell Lucas and I fuck off. Oh, we got our first hater comment today, actually, or recently. Actually, oh, yeah, is basically calling me a big fat <laughs> idiot for my states on the Metroid podcast, which was sick. Yeah. Um, I love that. I felt alive when I got that. Um, I might actually read that out. In um, our next episode, when we do the proper <laughs> review, read thing in the beginning, just to make a point that I'll read anything. Um, <laughs> but yeah, leave a review if you guys enjoy the podcast. Give us a, a rating. Hopefully, that's more than three or four stars if you liked it. Uh, it helps us grow, and we appreciate it. And if you have any questions, uh, maybe you just want to chat with us, you can shoot us an email at thanksforplayingpod at gmail.com You can also reach out to us and follow us on Twitter and Instagram. DMs are open at tfp podcasts that's tfp podcasts with an s at the end and if you had so much fun today with with your favorite hosts matt maybe you want to call me a big fat idiot that's fine you can reach me on twitter at good idea matthew and i also haven't streamed in a while but i'll keep pushing it twitch.tv slash good idea matt and lucas where can we find you (laughs) i'm on instagram twitter and twitch at good idea
1: lucas uh feel free to uh like my photos, got some photography on there. Shoot me a
0: DM. DMs are open, uh, and uh, leave a review. If if you if if someone was going to slide in here in DMs with a one lighter, when do you want it to be?
1: Super Metroid, ten
0: out of ten. <laughs> <laughs> all right, uh, I think that's all we got tonight, folks. Everyone have a wonderful night, and as always, remember, anything's possible.